Good morning. Am I, yeah, I'm switched on. Um, hi, as uh, Colin just said, my name is Nick, Nick Bakare. If you don't know me, um, I'm one of the elders here, and it's my pleasure and my privilege, as I often say when I come up to preach, it's my privilege to come and uh, open up God's Word for us this morning and to share with you. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here with us if this is your first time here or your first time in a long time, or indeed your second time. Uh, it's a great pleasure to, to have you here with us. Amen. Um, so today we're continuing our series uh, in, called The Cries of Calvary. Uh, so Colin kicked it off last week. There are five. It's a five uh, series, five-step series, whatever. Uh, there are five sermons in the series, and Colin kicked it off yesterday with, last week with substitution. Today I'm going back and uh, I'll be covering off the uh, subject of silence in this series. It, this series will lead us up to uh, Easter and it's you know, this, the journey of Christ to the cross. Um, so aptly titled The Cries of Calvary. And, and last week, uh, Colin said that, you know, what can Nick share, share about uh, silence? What, you know, it's not a really interesting topic. So substitution came, well, non, no, I don't know. But anyway, substitution came first. So it's kind of like back to front, but God works all these things together. Um, yeah, and so we'll start. It's the journey through Mark chapter 15. And I'll stop talking and I'll pray. Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, for the words that you've already spoken in this place. Thank you, Lord, for confirmation of your word. Thank you, Lord, for you are already doing something in this place by your spirit. From the utterances that came from the, the worship team to the words that Colin just spoke. Thank you, Lord, that you are at work in this place. Father, as I speak, let your name be glorified. Let not my words be heard by your people, but your words, O oh God. Anoint the ears of everyone here to hear you speak, Lord, to hear your word for this time, for this season, for your people. Father, let the meditation of my heart, the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Be glorified in this place, O oh God. Be magnified. Be exalted. And all the people of God said... Yeah, please listen attentively. Um, it's not a very long piece of scripture. And I thought, you know, I did think, actually, how do you preach on those five, you know, um, lines, whatever, you know, five verses of scripture? How do you preach a sermon on that? I'm going to be here for five minutes and then I'm going to go and sit down. Um, and people said, yay! <laughs> <laughs> if I promise to preach for five, anyway, I'll stop. So um, I thought, how, how can I, what can I share here? And as God does, God started to open up things to me in this. Um, but but what, do you, what I believe God also said, and this is why I say please listen attentively, because there is a prophetic element to what I'm going to share today. There is, there is, there is a, there, you will hear a word by faith, you will hear a word that God is speaking directly to you. Somebody in this place will hear a word that God is speaking directly to you. I think it's significant when uh, Colin says, you know, it's time for the prophets to speak. 
I'm not claiming to be a prophet, but I believe God said to him that there's a prophetic element to some of what I will share today. So please listen. Amen? And um, also, I believe God put this on my heart, so I'm not just going to go with it. Uh, specifically, this morning, it's Mother's Day. Um, it's my first, it's the first Mother's Day since I, I lost my mom in April last year, so it's the first time. But And um, yeah, this, I'll just close off what we've been sharing about Mother's Day. That Yes, it'll be a joyful day for some, it'll be a painful uh, day for some because they've lost their mothers. But I believe God specifically said that there's somebody in this place that is not a mother, wants to be a mother. And I think it's been about five years. And I believe God is saying that by this time next year, by the next Mother's Day. For those who want to receive it, amen. Amen. But I believe that's what God said to me. And I stood there and I said, we don't, do we, we don't really, you know, it's, it's something it's to come and say this. And I thought, well, I'll just have to say it. I'll share it. And it's up to God. Yeah, but this morning, this is what God said to me. And as God is true, his word will not return to him void. Amen. So let's go back. Let's, okay, I'm going to start my preach now. Um, I, I believe God wants to use this verse to speak to us about two things. The first is what happened and why in this particular piece of scripture. And then the second is what does it mean to us? What does that matter to us now? Mark chapter, one, Mark chapter 15, verse 1 to 5. And this is where Jesus was brought before Pilate. And it reads, very, very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. Wow. These guys got up early, a whole bunch of them, and started to plan. And I believe God said to me that actually, for somebody here, if there are people waking up early to sit and to plan your case and to plan about you, whatever they're putting together as a child of God in this place, that plan will work for your destiny in him. It will work out for his plans and his purposes for you. That may speak to a particular situation. I think that in a work context, that whatever people sit upon to plan, ultimately God is working all things together for good. That's what the Bible says, right? For they that love God and are called according to his purposes. Or his purpose, his good purpose. So, I read on. So they bound Jesus. They led him away and they handed him over to Pilate. And then Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate. Are you the Messiah? Because the kings of Israel were anointed. Are you the anointed one? It could also mean a political appointment. Are you to be the king of the Jews? Some say this was mocking. Others say not. I believe not because actually... If you read the whole context, Pilate, in essence, was trying to free Jesus. And Jesus said, you have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? 
See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. There is a translation that says Pilate was impressed. So looking at this, the first part of you know what I believe God has laid on my heart to share is why was Jesus silent? What was that about? Why did he say nothing? Is it that Jesus didn't have the words to speak? Or is it that he couldn't defend himself? Actually, is it true? All the accusations, were they true? Interestingly, and if you have kids here, if you have children, you recognize this. That sometimes when children do something wrong, you get one of two reactions. Silence or start to talk very quickly. So is it that Jesus did not know what to say? Or was it that suddenly the man who could speak to raging oceans and a storm and say be still and nature obeyed him did, was lost for words? Is that possible? Is it, could that be what was happening here? If we reverse back a bit in Mark chapter 13 verse 9 to 12, this is what Jesus said to his disciples would happen. And, and what he taught them. So Jesus taught his disciples about how to respond in these sorts of situations. Listen to this. Mark 13 verse 9 to 12. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit gave Jesus nothing to say. Make sense? Jesus himself was teaching his disciples that the Holy Spirit would teach them what to say in those situations. But he spoke nothing. He restrained himself. Or he was restrained. But the Spirit evidently gave Jesus nothing to say at this time. And Jesus said nothing indeed at this time. So he gave Pilate a direct answer to confirm, well, you have said so I am the king of the Jews. But with regards to the witnesses and all those that were alleging all sorts of things that were false, he said nothing. The reality is actually they all knew those things were false. Even Pilate knew it was false. As you read the context, you could see clearly that this was a man being falsely accused. You know, Jesus could have spoken and he could have changed everything, couldn't he? He could have called down fire. If he was me. Oh. Ah! Fire! <laughs> Sorry. When, when you are led by the Spirit and you're constrained by the Spirit and you're, you're in the Spirit, every, I mean, Jesus was, everyone knew Jesus was innocent. He could have changed the course of events, couldn't he? He could have commanded a thousand angels to just come and level the whole place. Couldn't he? He could have said, Pilate, you are but a worm. 
And what? Pilate becomes a worm. He could have said, all of you are... Uh, you can imagine all the things he could have said. All the things we would have said, right? Especially as he was innocent. Is it that Jesus didn't know what was going to happen if he said nothing? Is that a possibility? So we know that actually Jesus, you know, um, could have spoken, but chose not to. Is it that Jesus did not know what was going to happen? I don't believe that's the case. Jesus knew the scriptures. He preached the scriptures, right? Yeah? He preached Isaiah. He talked about the spirit of the sovereign Lord being upon me. For he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And then he said, this is fulfilled in your hearing. He also, when he prayed in the garden, he prayed that to God that let this cup pass me by. He prayed so vigorously, he sweat blood, right? We all know this story. So he knew what was coming, correct? He knew what was about to happen. But he didn't say a thing. He spoke nothing. Why? Well, I believe there are a number of reasons. First, I believe that Jesus was, all of Jesus' life was fulfilling the prophetic, was fulfilling prophecy, right? And in Isaiah 53 verse 7, it says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. So in this, Jesus was fulfilling the prophetic of the Messiah. This was who the Messiah would be and how the Messiah would act. And I, I did some reading into sheeps, sheep and sharers and, you know, why are sheep silent? But that's maybe for another day. There's lots of interesting stuff on sheep and sharing sheep. But apparently sheep are silent when they're being shared. You can hear lots of noise around the sheep, but where the sheep is being shared. Now, it could be, it could be that, sorry, I'm going to say it anyway. It could be that the sheep knows that what is happening is good for the sheep. Because if you don't share the sheep, ultimately, the wool is going to get too big, heavy, matted. Uh, flies can lay their eggs in the wool, and the sheep would get fly strike. And if it's not treated urgently, the sheep would die. So... Is it that the sheep knows that this is good for it? So the sheep is chilled out. Just chill, take a chill pill because, you know, I'm about to get a haircut or something. So the sheep is cool. I don't, I don't know. Um, some say it's because of the position the sheep is in. And so the sheep just goes quiet and, and gives up. So I think Jesus fulfilled the prophetic in his silence. The second reason I think Jesus was silent was for purpose. So it was the prophetic it was for purpose. There was no way Jesus could save himself and us. So Jesus could have saved himself easily. But there's no way Jesus could have saved you and me and also saved himself from what was about to happen. Amen? Wow. 
So he was silent because actually if he, he knew if he spoke with the power of his words in that situation, if he spoke, heaven was ready for this heaven's champion to go to war, justice, but he spoke nothing. Amen? And then thirdly, it was out of his passion, his love for us, that he knew what was going to happen, and he kept silent. So that's the first bit. Why was Jesus silent? He fulfilled prophecy. He had fulfilled his purpose. And Jesus was very clear on his purpose. And he loved us. The silence of Jesus shouted out the love of God for us. Did you hear that? So what does this mean for us? Well, I believe this, well, what God is saying is actually first and foremost, and this is if you're in this place and you're not a believer, first and foremost, the silence of Jesus at that point in time that led to everything else that happened was first and foremost for our salvation. And God showed me something new with regards to this scripture. So if I would just read through this, Acts chapter 8, verse 29 to 36. This is where the Spirit comes in again. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. It was like a sheep he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb, before its share is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? This has to draw a reaction. Who, who is this man that faced with this injustice would be silent? And that he has no descendants because his, his life was cut short. He was killed. Then Philip began with the very, that very passage of scripture and told him the good news of Jesus. And then what happened? As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Amen? That's what this tells. This is the first response to this is one of worship you, Lord, we surrender. What stops me from being baptized? This was a very this was a big deal. This guy was like the finance. Director, the finance, it was the finance manager, if you like, of the, the queen of Ethiopia. Very important person. He was described as being in a chariot. He took the gospel to that place. 
He was described as being in charge of all of the finances of the Queen of Ethiopia. And that's the first response, our salvation. Secondly, I believe God is saying that the Spirit leads us to be silent at times. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Verse 7 says, A time to be silent and a time to speak. And I believe there are people in situations here at the moment and there is difficulty. And like I said, if I was Jesus, I'd have tried to talk my way right out of that situation. But do you know, do you know, no, it's not true, it's not me. No, it wasn't me, I wasn't there, it wasn't me. We try sometimes in situations to, we hurry to defend ourselves. But God says to someone in this place that there is a time to be still and know that I am God. And we sang in the song earlier on that he's fighting our battles. And so there's a time for us to just be actually silent and say nothing. Difficulty is sometimes the path that God would lead us through to get us to his plans and his purposes. Do we run away from this? Do we expect that the Christian work is going to be all cushy and good? Sometimes, in situations, our response is silence. Is that easy? And then the last response that I believe that God really spoke to me about in this scripture was, he was silent that we may speak with boldness. Did you get that? He was silent that we may speak with boldness. And I haven't seen this before, but that scripture I just read to you about the Ethiopian eunuch. Did you hear what happened? Did you get what happened? Basically, the Lord, the Spirit told Philip to walk by the chariot. And then Philip saw the Ethiopian eunuch reading the scripture, right? Is that what happened? Did Philip see the eunuch reading the scripture? He heard and I never grasped this. He heard this eunuch reading out this scripture. So, the silence of one, Jesus, was for our salvation. The non-silence of another was for his salvation. The eunuch found, actually, he was reading out the scripture. And Philip came alongside and heard what he was reading. And do you know what you are reading? Well, how can I? Unless there's some way to explain it to me. And so there is a time to not be silent. What, what Peter did at the start of worship, where he said, actually, if you're here, just read out a psalm. I just said, well, you're in the spirit. Because Moti and I have just been talking about actually encourage one another to read out Psalms, to read out Scripture more. And Colin comes up here and says, actually, 
it is the time to, what's it exactly you said, for the prophetic people in this place to no longer be silent. The next response, the other response God said to me to share with you is that this is a time to speak out. It is a time to shout out to God. It's a time to lift up our voices in praise, in worship, in victory. And God showed me, reminded me of this scripture in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 48. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And he'd been sitting there a long time. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. With a loud shout, the children of Israel brought the walls of Jericho down. And I believe what God is saying is that there is a time to be silent. And there is a time to shout out and not to be silent. And I think that, that word that Colin brought is fantastic in terms of actually there's a time to step into the gifts that God has given you. There's a time to step out there and be a blessing to one another. So there's some people in here that there's a situation at the moment First of all, if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the first response to this message is actually, it's one of, who is this Jesus that was silent and had died for me? Like the Ethiopian eunuch, explore that message. Who is this man? If you're in a situation at the moment and it's tough, and it seems like an injustice is happening, consider, is it a time to be still and see the, the victory that we sang about and we spoke about and we've, we sang about this morning? That victory come through for you? Or is it a time to shout to the Lord? Is it a time to lift up your voice? Is it a time to speak the word of God? To speak truth? To speak life? Is it a time to declare that a thousand before on my left, ten thousand on my right, but it will not come near me? Is it a time to declare that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Is it a time to shout that I shall live to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? Shall live to proclaim his works? Is it time to shout that 
where they say there is a pulling down, I would declare that as a building up. Is it time to shout that those who are for me are greater than those who are against me? Is it time to shout that he that has begun a good work in me will perfect it unto the day? Our response this morning is to worship God. Our response has to start with worshiping. Our first shout to the Lord is one of worship and one of thanksgiving and one of praise. Amen? So I'm going to invite the band back and we're going to come back into a time of worship. And then our, our next response is actually if you are, if you are in one of this if, this, if this, if anything I've said this morning resonates with you, to invite you to respond. If you don't know the Lord, I'd invite you that now is the time. There is no better day than today. And if you're going through a really difficult situation, respond and come to God. And the Spirit of God will give you words, or actually it will give you silence. And just sit and watch what God will do. So if you, want, if you need wisdom... And you need the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit in your situation. Then I'll invite you to also respond. But first and foremost, our first response is to worship the Savior who was silent for our salvation. Amen.